This episode is brought to you by Communion Apparel, partnering with nonprofits around the world. Join them at communionlife.com and be part of apparel worn for change. Long live the journey, and long live the children we raise. And long live the memories like leaves the years carried away. And just like a tree that slowly grows, the higher we reach, the deeper we go. Because we're living for something that'll be here when we're old. And we're headed for someplace a little further down the road. Redwoods and daisies never look worried to me. They take what's been given as if that's all they'll ever need. And if that's all they'll ever need, maybe that's all we really need. Because we're living for something that'll be here when we're old. And we're headed for some place a little further down the road. And some people's reason for living is to get all they can and move on. But I find more grace in what's given because it leads me to where I belong. Elders are people who hold law and grace in their hands. Where death is a doorway and fallen's just learning to stand. And less is more than we really need. And empties a space for us to receive. Because we're living for something that'll be here when we're old. And we're headed for some place a little further down the road. You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. This is season three, episode one, Around the Table with singer-songwriter Jason Upton. Before we get into our conversation, I wanted to take a minute and say thank you to our patrons who are supporting the production of these podcasts. And I'd like to extend the invitation that if you would like to partner with us in the making of these conversations, you can join the online community at patreon.com forward slash makers and mystics. Also, as a reminder, tickets are now on sale for the Breath in the Clay Creative Arts Gathering, which is going to be March 22nd through the 25th, 2018 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I'll go ahead and make the announcement now that Jason Upton is going to be one of the featured artists joining us at the next Breath in the Clay Gathering. So you can go to thebreathintheclay.com and get early bird ticket prices on the next gathering. This is my conversation around the table with singer-songwriter Jason Upton. I'm sitting here with my friend Jason Upton in his beautiful cabin studio right outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
And man, we've been hanging out the past day, having incredible conversations. Man. I'm hoping we can capture some of this. Oh God, please, Lord, help us <laughs> in this hour. But it's I'm, been awesome having you. Yeah, it's it's been so incredible being up here, just walking the beautiful land and and seeing your home, your kids, your dog, and it's just been a good time. But uh, why don't we just break the ice by sharing a little bit about you know kind of who you are and how long you've been doing, you know, making records or how long you've been a musician? Is that something you've done most of your life? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, my I was adopted, of course. And so my, my mom and dad that raised me, they, uh, they weren't really musicians. Although my dad that raised me as he's gotten older, he's loved getting into the guitar and we'd sing mm-hmm. all the time. And But my mom and dad knew that I had a a knack when I was real young for music. Every time I was around a piano, I'd jump on it and make something yeah. up. And <laughs> and so they found me. Well, that little piano right over there yeah. was the piano I grew up with. My parents bought that out of a a shop in, mm. in the west side of Minneapolis. And, wow. And uh, Kent Levine was my piano teacher. And I remember I'd go home with him for piano lessons and I was really wanting to play ball with all my friends in the street and everything. And my uh, one time, my mom, she's a disciplinarian, and uh, she came to piano lesson. And Kent Levine said, I, "I really need to talk to you about something." And so he pulled her aside, and we got in the car. And what had been happening was, you know, I'd go home with the music I was supposed to be practicing, mm-hmm. and I'd sit at the piano, and I'd start the notes and then I'd say, wow, man. And I'd go off and mm-hmm. I'd literally was improvising and creating something. <laughs> and my mom, you know, not knowing anything about music, my mom was like, man, that sounds beautiful, Jason. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say, yeah, it's, I've been really working at it. <laughs> and then, wow. of course, she passed. So she'd say, you can go outside and play if you know the song. I said, I know the song. So I'd go outside and play. And I didn't know the song. So I'd get every week to Kent Levine with you know, come in for the lesson. And yeah. of course I didn't know the music. So <laughs> one day she was just like, Jason Upton, you've been lying to me this entire time. And so, so she, she made me quit piano lessons for a while until I, I, I realized the, the value of it. You yeah. Know? That's so it was, funny. It's amazing. But yeah. that was sort of my beginnings of music was, you know, just making stuff up on the piano. Yeah. When did your music become an expression for your faith journey or when did you was there a moment when you recognized this was going to be your your pursuit yeah what happened was i was a i was i was in minnesota and i'd sing i won a few awards singing and i was about 16 when i met a, a guy named robert stamps robert stamps was he married a lady named ellen stamps and ellen is in a lot of the books with Corey timboom mm. And uh, they were in Minneapolis at this United Methodist Church in the inner city of Minneapolis. And I was somewhere singing, and he was there. And I'm just singing songs that everybody knows, you know? Yeah. And um, and he walks up to me, and he says, hey, have you ever been mentored? Mm. And I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Mentored, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he said... Uh, because if you'd like to be mentored, I'd meet you at Kieran's it's Irish Family Restaurant in Minneapolis. I'll meet you there on Tuesday at 6 a.m. Hmm. And so 
I had I had mowed a lot of lawns and raised some money and saved some money and bought this Mazda three two three four speed. <laughs> so on my way out to school, I went to Lutheran school and so on my way out to school I would stop at Kieran's family restaurant, meet with him to six to six forty five uh in the morning and on Tuesdays and that was my mentoring and he was the first person he introduced me at that time to uh, the likes of Henry Nowen and mm-hmm. people like that and got me reading these kind of guys yeah. I'm 16 17 years old yeah. and uh, and he was the first person that said you know you he didn't say that I was a poet what he said to me was that you you think like a poet mm-hmm. you speak like a poet you you interact with the world like a poet yeah and um so start writing start reading start praying and and allow your imagination to kind of run wild a little bit and that was sort of the introduction that i had to what i would say songwriting and Mm -hmm. and um and they were um big influencers for me wow wow Uh, and the more i read the likes of nowin or um I mean, even I remember reading, even people, you know, a lot of people would know like Oswald Chambers or right. something. First time I read the Sermon on the Mount, Oswald Chambers, you know, or something. It, it, it was it was strange because I I I um I didn't necessarily always understand yeah what um, at sixteen and seventeen what they were talking about, mm-hmm. but I was comforted by their way. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard Rich Mullins in an interview, mm-hmm. and he would be like, "So you like songwriting? You know, like the interviewee yeah. would, you know, do you like?" Or the interviewer would say, "Do you like songwriting?" And he'd say, "Yeah." Well, what do you love about songwriting? Well, if I was a plumber, I'd be the best plumber I could be. You know, and he'd go <laughs> off. He'd just take a hard left. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then. And I would follow him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was right with him, man. He didn't lose me. And I knew then I was like, wow, I think differently. Yeah. But that's okay. And then, of yeah. course, you know, going for my seminary work and then being introduced to the likes of Don Potter for the first time. Right. And, and first time I heard Don Potter, I never heard him do a song. I, I went to go hear him speak. Mm. And the first speech I ever heard of Don Potter was him doing Cain's Blood. Mm and he he literally got up and without instrumentation took the mic and preached saying the entire time with rhyme and cadence mm. the story of Cain's blood and the the whole process of how yeah. you know Cain and Abel and the difference in their lineage and all that stuff and I mean, regardless of whether I what I would even I haven't even listened back to that stuff yeah. but it was yeah. like it was the form of it that I just got it. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, I, I follow these kind of guys. And yeah. the fact that they existed comforted me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you're not, yeah. you, your way you think isn't out there. It's, yeah. And uh, I remember it wasn't until later on that I realized that the, the, the reward of the, of the circular thinker, of the poetic thinker, the reward of the linear thinker, right, mm-hmm. is understanding. Mm-hmm. Because even when you're in the developmental stage of being a linear thinker, you, you have short lines or you have long lines. But for me, when you're in the developmental stage, man, it takes really special people like mm-hmm. 
you know, to come in and, and care for you in that process development yeah. because you don't have short lines or long lines when you're when you're a poetic thinker because you think in circles. Yeah. And so what happens is when you're in the developmental stage, you kind of get out here and you yeah. <laughs> and you don't make it back home. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know. And 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 uh, so the reward of the linear thinker is understanding because even if you have a short line, it's still a completed thought. Right. But the but the reward eventually of the circular thinker is mystery. Yeah, that's good. So just, you know, not only was I encouraged by those kind of thinkers and comforted by it. Yeah. It also has made me very much a, a advocate mm-hmm. uh, and a caretaker yeah. for, for people that I see that are out there that are in the process of yeah. developing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wow, and and they're getting lost out in the middle of yeah, you know yeah, you know what I mean. That they're they're at ten thirty a.m. Yeah. and they and they you know <laughs> left six o'clock. And yeah, they, they got they, and they may never yeah. make it back. Yeah, and 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 we have to care for those kind of people because wow, those are the those are the people that we end up later on going wow, that was genius. I never thought about that. Yeah, and uh, we need to care for them as well. Would you say that even in your songwriting, uh, because you know you're a storyteller, would you find that because at the same time a lot of your music has been written for the context of the of the congregation? Do you find that there's a tension between the linear way of thinking about your process and then the storyteller's process, which I would think is more circular? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that. Um being understood mm-hmm. quickly, you know, the, the the process for taking people on a on a journey, for instance, you know, um like I have this song, God's got a reason for everything. And it's an absolute example of this, of the for the spiritual formation. You're taking people on uh, a journey, which is very different than the beauty of the journey of a congregational hymn yeah. or a song that we sing together or a creed for that matter. I mean, Yaroslav yeah. uh, Pelican's famous for saying, you know, these are universal prayers that we get together and we say, hey, how can we all pray together and, and get together on one thing and say the same thing together and agree together? And so by virtue of just trying to get everybody together on the same page to sing something, you kind of oversimplify a lot of things. And sometimes you leave things out that are really important. Mm-hmm. So he, he always says creeds are are necessary, but always insufficient. Mm-hmm. And so what poetry and prayer brings, or mm-hmm. or for that matter, like a great preacher or storyteller yeah. would bring, is they, they take us on these incredible journeys. Yeah. And I think in the music context, we're we're kind of scared of that because we're so used to uh, sing us a song and yeah. let us know what it means, and you know. Um, but in our world, in the broader mm-hmm. you know world that we live in, uh, the idea of a storyteller yeah. that can take us on this beautiful journey, or poetry yeah. that's well written that yeah. sort of creates tension, and you yeah. know. so I always uh, I don't know that it's necessarily congregational but it is very prayerful and it is yeah it's well received especially in record form because mm-hmm. people don't have all of those um preconceived ideas about how 
you know, years ago, spontaneity would be like, whoo, boy, yeah. you really took us out of our, you know. <laughs> but we've we've figured out how to bring the art of spontaneity mm-hmm. with that with the help of many of these great, you know, worship yeah. groups that have done that. You know, the Helsers or Bethel or right. you know Passion or there, there's so many of these groups and you know a Jesus culture. They're they're doing great things of 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 bringing these ideas that even 15 years ago the idea of spontaneity was like. Yeah. That's an activity that belongs outside of church. Right. But maybe we kind of value it, but it's a little <laughs> crazy. Now yeah. all of a sudden, it's making its way into church. And I think it's the same with contemplation, mm-hmm. storytelling. Um, we, we allow it within the realm of the art form of preaching, mm-hmm. but within the art form of music, we've sort of like said, no, 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 we can't, can't bring yeah. that much circular thinking to that. And I don't know yeah. why, but yeah. yeah. So it, so, you know, it's raining today, and I don't know why. I'm waiting on the sun to open up the sky. Maybe today you'll give it a try, or maybe you'll just leave it alone. Yeah. It's raining today, and I don't know why. I'm waiting on the sun to open up the sky. Maybe today you'll give it a try, or maybe you'll just leave it alone. You know, I'm sitting here in this hog shed, you know, like playing the piano while the rain is falling and it had been raining for three and a half four weeks straight mm. Mm. here in milwaukee which is why it's so green and good farmland here and yeah. but i'm like man could it stop <laughs> raining you know and i'm like okay so i end up I, I put it aside it's in my mole skin i put it aside i go i'm just gonna sit on that i fly over to holland it's raining in holland it's always raining in holland it seems you know so I'm over in holland and I was out on a run, and all of a sudden I start thinking about disco balls, and I'm thinking at the same time about disco balls. I'm thinking about like how <laughs> random is that, you know? I'm thinking about disco balls, and I'm thinking about this thing that Father Larry Gillick says. He says easy answers are always easily replaced. Wow. So I'm, you know, maybe that's a second verse. I don't know, man. Which, you know, I'm running, and I'm. I don't believe. I don't believe everything I'm told, because mm. easy come. Is easy go. Mm. I grew up in this disco, mm. but the rhythm never hypnotized me because it's a long road that we journey on. It's a long road till we're finally home, and God's got a season when it falls like rain, and God's mm. got a reason for everything. And sometimes, like a line like that'll come out, and I didn't know why I was thinking about disco balls. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even know why I put it in. Yeah. But I grew up in this disco, but the rhythm never hypnotized me. I was like, it's got it. It's got to yeah. go in, but I don't necessarily know why. But if you dive into that later after yeah. you've written it down, you don't necessarily know why you wrote yeah. that down, but it just feels right. Yeah. And you had another verse that you could have done, but that didn't feel as right. right. And you go, some reason that's weird yeah. and it's crazy and it's out there. But then you start realizing disco, disco ball, just for the listeners, do some studying mm. on that. Yeah. It's, it was a trance-like state that mm. took our mind out of it. And I think it's not just in the church. I think we're realizing that in the church, sometimes we've taken easy answers and those easy answers can be easily replaced. And um, it's a long road that we journey yeah. on. It's a long road till we're finally home and God's going to So I'm thinking about all of that, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so I'm trying to finish that song and just to give that idea of circular thinking. Yeah. So I start, I, I wrote about 15 verses on my way back from Holland. <laughs> And they all just seemed, after coming out of that line, every garden has its season, every season has its sign. Mm-hmm. I can't just come and just 
do a verse as you know as a yeah. writer where it's like yeah and upton just tried to finish that song <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> right, it's like right, right. i'm thinking i've got to wait yeah for the for the verse it's it's this is almost going to have to be a gift to me yeah so i had been teaching oliver he was about 4 years old i'd i'd walk up to him and sometimes as dads you have to do this it, Grab your sons, look them in the face, and instead of just saying goodnight, Oliver, you look them in the eye and you say, you know, you're not just Oliver to me. You are my son. Mm-hmm. So that particular night, I go up to put Oliver to bed and he runs to the end of the bed and he grabs my cheeks mm. and he looks me in the eyes and he says, Daddy, Jesus loves you. Mm. And Man, I was overwhelmed, and I put that song away for a few weeks, and I, I ended up praying for him, putting him to the bed. I went down to the piano, and immediately just came out of me, mm. you know. So you start the song, you know, you know it's raining today. I don't know why I'm waiting on the sun to open up the sky. Maybe today he'll give it a try, or maybe he'll just leave it alone. And you end it. Jesus loves me this I know my little boy just told me so like a preacher from the days of old yeah reminded me to never let go because it's a long road that we journey on uh, it's a good. long road till we're finally home and God's got a season when it falls like rain and God's got a reason <laughs> for everything yeah and it just the the process of how you write that then when you go out and you do it it doesn't necessarily always you know, I don't think it's going to be a big CCLI hit. You know what I mean? Hey, you can see all these people singing congregationally. I grew up in this disco, you know, uh-huh. but, yeah. but, but it's an important thing, you know, as we were talking yesterday that yeah. Merton says on the poet. Oh, I love it. You, you can even write, quote that. Yeah. You write, you know, you read, yeah, this is uh, Merton on the poet. We were reading this yesterday to, together. I love this. Um, the Psalms are poems, and poems have a meaning, although the poet, Merton says, has no obligation, I would even say feels no obligation, to make his meaning immediately clear to anyone who does not want to make an effort to discover it. I love and it. And I love that. You know, the poet uses words not merely to make declarations, statements of fact. That's usually the last thing that concerns a poet. The poet seeks above all to put words together in such a way that they exercise a mysterious and vital reactivity among themselves, which I think is so cool that he put that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so release their secret content of associations to produce in the reader an experience that enriches the depths of his spirit, her spirit in a manner quite unique. I love it. And I think that's what poetic music like that does. Yeah. Is, in yeah. some ways, you don't want to explain it, but you definitely want to explain the journey mm-hmm. because it is a, it's more of a circular yeah. journey than it is a, a linear yeah. one. Yeah. Um, you gave me a couple thoughts. Uh, one, when you were talking about when this line about the disco first came out and you didn't really know what this was all about even. It just kind of occurred to you. It kind of welled up in you. But isn't that the beauty of the creative process is, is is to follow these things to kind of the place that they want to go, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's almost like that's part of the joy of being an artist, of being a songwriter, of being a poet, or, you know, a maker of whatever kind, is that you're kind of following the art to see where it goes. But it takes a humility, and it also takes a patience. 
Uh, you said you wrote like, what, 15 verses or something on yeah. the way back? But it wasn't until that moment with your son uh, where you, you felt that punctuation, where you knew uh, you had arrived at the, at the conclusion that the song wanted to write. Part of our job as creators or part of our uh, work as songwriters and creators is to simply work with the songs or the materials and allow that piece to become what it desires to become or for the work of art to be what God desired it to become. But we have to get to a place where I think Madeline Engel in Walking on Water, she said, where we're serving the work. You know, where we're actually stewarding these songs or these uh, poems or these paintings, whatever it is. And so then our process becomes a co-laboring with God and with the work itself to become something that we didn't anticipate when we set out to create it. Like those fiction writers that maybe don't know the end of their book. We have to shed preconceived notions of what worked in the past without letting go of the eternal part of our art, which is present in it all. Tell me about your song, Campfires and Masquerades. Yeah. Tell me about that song. Okay, so, um, the idea is, is, uh, you know, Plato prophesied 350 years or so before Jesus was born. Uh, if the if the perfectly just man ever comes and drags us from our cave existence where we create you know his whole idea that we create these you know our images on the wall and our campfire existence drags us from that cave existence into the light of the sun we will not celebrate that man but we will bind that man we will beat that man and we will murder that man mm. so he prophesies this 350 years wow. before jesus walks the face of the earth wow if the perfectly just man comes we won't celebrate him but we'll bind him we'll beat him because we'd rather have you know so you know i remember a story a story of a little boy the story of a mother's child the story of all mm. And I remember the middle of the darkness reaching out for a hand to hold, reaching out for anything that'll lead me back home. And I'm still here. I'm still waiting for you. After all these years, after all these years. And I remember the shadows. They're on the walls of my memory. They move around like reality in this prison that we've made. And I remember the firstborn sunrise. I couldn't stand to open my like a blind man wandering on the edge of his grave. And I'm still here, still waiting for you after all these years, after all these years. And 
campfires and masquerades they come and go like cheap parades mm. when nothing's lost and nothing's changed we like it that way our politicians have to lie because if they opened up our eyes we'd kill them just like the others who tried to pull us out of this cave and maybe that's why we're so shaken when our questions have the courage to come and drag us from our fiction mm. those who fear the grave never find the truth wow but if every day begins at midnight and if we're ever going to see a sunrise somebody's got to wake up before the morning comes mm. so it's just the i love it the idea of the prophetic you know as much as we love the idea of it um humanity has a tendency to kill those that drag them from their particular fiction into yeah. the light of the sun yeah. to um and so that's that's what it's about somebody's got to wake up before the morning comes we opened up this episode with a beautiful poem that's going to be on your upcoming release a table full of strangers volume 2 yeah and that's coming out in the fall uh, mm. 2017 our good friend Dave Wilton produced that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, and yep. and Dave, he was on an earlier episode he of was? Makers and Mystics. Oh, yeah, man. we did one for Loud Harp. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and um, remind me the name of the poem again is. Um, it's called Redwoods and Daisies. Yeah, tell me just a little bit about that. Most of the songs I've written are poems, mm -hmm. and I write them like poems, and they they kind of roll off the tongue like a poem, and they mm -hmm. kind of move. Instead of like statements, you know, mm -hmm. you write a lot of worship music. It, it, when you write that kind of music, it's very like you're declaring phrases. Yeah. But poetry is written where it all runs together, like you can read it. So it's, you know, and so that Redwoods and Daisies was one where I would sing it with a particular, you know, chord progression. And then I'd just stop and I'd just, and on volume one, I did this too, where I would just read it to Dave. And Dave would say, man, there's something about when you read your poems, Jay, there's a cadence to it that we have to do that at, at least on one of the songs for the new record. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's an expression in you that you're not, you have not yet expressed. Yeah. And so um, Redwoods and Daisies was just basically the idea was, you know, the church is filled with redwoods and daisies. Hmm. You know, things that are older than old and things that are, you know, not only so new, they're so new. If if you go on vacation for two weeks, you might miss them. Yeah. <laughs> and and so the redwood and the daisy, you know, they never, it, it, the idea is that they're, they're not competing with each other. They're not trying to be each other. They take what's been given. They take what what they've been given, what they've been given to be. Yeah. And so... That's how that began, is most of my prayers slash poems, they, they really probably, not all of them, but many of them need to be read in that sort of format, yeah. because that's the way that they were written. Yeah. And then I added music, because 
you know, in our day and age, as you know, <laughs> you guys brought instrumental music right. to the stage of sacred worship. Right. Yeah. Nobody had ever mm. really done that. Now we sure. have beautiful guys like Chad Lawson yeah. and others that are doing yeah. that. And it's like, thanks be to God for that, that yeah. we need that, yeah. that poetry and mm-hmm. you know, 15 years ago if I had a poem I'd never like try to do it without it being a song yeah you have to yeah. force it into a right. song right <laughs> and just learning that there is a there's a power so Dave just really encouraged me in that yeah. to, to put that's that that's awesome down. it's absolutely gorgeous I mean I I absolutely love it. It's got a little bit of that Leonard Cohen in there, uh, uh, you know, and that's a that's a huge compliment, you know. I, I love it, man. Elders it's, are people who hold long grace in their hands. Yeah, that's where beautiful. death is a doorway and fallen's just learning to stand, <laughs> and less is more than we really need, and empty is a space for us to receive because we're yeah. Empty is a space for us to receive. Yeah. The creative process begins in Sabbath. And it comes full circle and it ends in Sabbath. Oh, but, yeah. Man, I so appreciate who you are, so appreciate our friendship, and I appreciate you taking the time to just talk through these ideas. Love it, man. I love it. Love it.